Welcome to the Renovate Church Sermon Podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon and we hope it blesses and encourages you. Good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> what if? No scripts, no cue cards. Morning, Spencer. How's it going? What if you were watched every moment of your life? How many cameras you got there in that town? 5,000. I believe Truman is the first child to have been legally adopted by a corporation. That's correct. Brilliant. What if everyone you knew was pretending? Hi, honey. Look what I got at the checkout. Dishwasher safe. <laughs> That's amazing. What if your world was make-believe? Cue the sign. While the world he inhabits is counterfeit. I'm not allowed to talk to you. That's how I look. Not your type. There's nothing fake about Truman himself. What if you didn't know it? Until now. A lot of strange things have been happening. Stand by ring cam. Is he looking at us? Do you think he knows? I think I'm mixed up in something. Something big. Oh. We accept the reality with which we're presented. Everybody's pretending, Truman. Get out of here. Come and find me. Truman? Truman! Truman! Anything happen? No. Mm-hmm. You may find yourself in another part of the world. It's like the whole world revolves around me. Everybody seems to be in on it. I'm going away for a while. You may tell yourself... in Hunted Truman because the last thing that I would ever do is lie to you. Fade up music. That's our hero shot. <laughs> He's gone. You okay? Yes! You wanna do it again? No! Find him. Truman, where are you going? You can tell us. How do we stop him? Give me some light. Is that the best you can do? Cut transmission. I like your pen. I was wondering that myself. Jim Carrey, The Truman Show. Watch what happens. All right, good morning. Yeah, so I'm excited for this message today, as Pete said. Um, we're in this series, Summer at the Movies. We're spending six weeks uh, because of many times we can see truths in the culture around us. In Acts 17, you see the Apostle Paul at one time in this cosmopolitan city of Athens, and he's trying to communicate truth, and he's trying to communicate the gospel to these folks. And he says that, I saw an inscription to an unknown God on this statue, and it's this God that I want to proclaim to you and tell you about. And the backstory was that in their culture, they had had this, this encounter with this supernatural thing. They didn't know who to attribute it to, so there was this 
storyline and this narrative that, that began to happen in the Athens culture and context. And Paul is appealing to what's happening in the culture. And he says, hey, as a reference point, here is, here is something that, that you are familiar with. You are familiar that there might be the possibility of this God and this supernatural power. And so there's a reference point here. And I want to take that reference point and I want to connect it to the true God. And I want to connect it to his character. So many times in books and in our movies and stories, we can see these hints of truth that then we can then look and point back to the Bible. And what they do is they illustrate and they illuminate truth for us. And so through this whole series, what we're looking at is in movies, the movies that really move us emotionally typically follow a storyline of where at the beginning there's some sort of conflict. There's something unresolved that's happening that draws us in to this story. There's what's called tension in the story. And then what happens is, is that as the story goes along, the movies many times that we celebrate are the ones where the hero of the story becomes triumphant and they're overcomers. They're overcoming the situation and the circumstance and the difficulty that they find themselves in. And it moves us and it inspires us. So in this movie that we're looking at this morning, The Truman Show, the tension that we see in this movie is that in its essence, Truman feels stuck. He feels stuck in this, this life. For us, many times, we can define feeling stuck with three R's. We can feel stuck in routine. We can feel stuck in ruts, but we can also feel stuck in regrets, in regrets. And here's the beautiful thing about this movie is that at the very end of the movie, we'll see that Truman was first and foremost not afraid to investigate the unknown. Second, he never lost his dream. See, in the movie, he's living in this so-called perfect world, but he has this encounter with this, this girl, Sylvia, and this dream, this heart for her, this heart for exploring the world. He talks to his wife, Meryl. He talks to his best friend, Marlon, and he's like, I want to explore the world. I want to go beyond this. I have a dream to see the world and go to Fiji. So not only was he willing to investigate the unknown, he never lost his dream, but here's the thing. He was willing to take bold steps of faith to see it accomplished. So we're going to see in the Bible, we're going to look at two people 
And we're going to see this pattern. We're going to look at Moses in Exodus 3, and we're going to look at this man named Jacob in Genesis 31. And we're going to see both of them being stuck in routine, rut, and regret. But we're going to see something happen that unlocked them to move beyond that and to become overcomers in their own situation. And my hope is that you'll, all of us, will be inspired today to be overcomers in our own life. Because what we're going to see from Genesis to Revelation, guys, if you read the Bible, you will see that every single person was stuck at some place. Nobody gets off scot-free. Every single person at one point in time was stuck. But three simple things got them unstuck. And we'll see it in the narrative. First is they had an earnest seeking and turning to God. Because God is the foundation and the author of all true change. There was, a, there was a turning that we're going to see. Second thing is they discern what God is saying and doing in their life. They begin to discern this. And then last, every single person take steps, imperfect steps of faith and obedience. Every single time, it's a encountering God, discerning what he's doing and saying, and then taking steps to follow and trust and obey him. In my own life this week, we had the opportunity as a staff to flesh this out. And I was asking all of our staff, hey, was there ever a time where you felt stuck? And Pete shared, he says, yeah, Dave, there was a time when I was in Kentucky and I lost my job. I'd been in this great job for a long time. And I was trying to figure out, and I just felt stuck. And so I applied for this job at Toyota and was in the final interview stages. And all of a sudden, I had this lunch with this guy, and I'd been doing ministry and youth ministry. And he said, Pete, have you ever considered that maybe God is calling you to ministry? And he goes, something resonated in my heart and in my spirit, and I shared it with my wife, Deb. And, and all of a sudden, I began to discern that God was moving me into a new season. I couldn't stay where I was. That he was and I had to take steps of faith and obedience. And as I took those steps to go to Bible school, then eventually becoming a pastor for 25 years in New York. And he goes, as soon as I took that step, there was like grace for Janet. She shared when she was in Brazil as a church planter, her and Tato went, left their country of Colombia to go and plant a church. And after two and a half years being in a different culture, different language, whole different city, all this, she said, I was, I was emotionally wore out and I wanted to quit. And I just said, God, if this is how it's going to, I'm going to, and she said, it was encountering him and God speaking hope into my life and into my and courage and encouragement to me that got me 
unstuck. For my life, it was when my professional basketball career ended for a whole year, I didn't do anything. And I joke about this, but my life was really boring. I'd get up, I'd go work out, come home, clean the house, and then April and I would go have dinner every day. And I, 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 I was stuck. I was stuck in the past, and I began to earnestly seek God. God, come on, do you know when we get desperate that that's actually a good thing? When we, we, when we get desperate for change. And I was like, God, I'm stuck. And God began to speak to me. And he said, Dave, I've called you into ministry, and I've called... But I had to leave where I was, Houston, to move here to Austin. I had to take steps of faith. So if you have your Bible or your device, you'll see it on the screen. We're going to look at these two examples and see what we can pull out of them. In Exodus chapter 3, we're going to see Moses. And we're going to look at verses 1 through 4. If you know the story of Moses, Moses was this supernatural person. He was born uh, in Egypt. They were killing all the young children in Egypt at that time because there had a prophecy come that this deliverer was going to come forth. And Moses' mom put him in a basket and hid him in the river. And he gets supernaturally found by Pharaoh's daughter. And he ends up in the palace. So Moses grows up his whole life around opulence. Moses grows up his whole life around power, the best education, the best houses, the best furniture, the best everything. Moses is growing up in this environment, and all of a sudden, Moses gets this sense that God had more for his life than just living in power and living in opulence, and that God was really calling him to be a part of God's own redemptive work. But Moses fails. Moses tries to do it in his own strength, and he uh, slays an Egyptian because he sees him brutalizing an Israelite. And all of a sudden, he comes around the next day, and one of his own countrymen say, oh, are you going to do to us what you did to that? And Mo Moses all of a sudden feels exposed. All of a sudden, everybody knows about the crime that he committed. They know about his transgression. They know about his failure. So Moses flees. Moses leaves the palace, and Moses leaves Egypt, and, he, and he's on the run. And he comes to this place, and he encounters this family, Zipporah, and he ends up marrying Zipporah, who was a Midianite, and she has a father named Jethro, and Jethro kind of hires Moses to just do this mundane work of tending the sheep. Here's Moses, called to be one of the greatest deliverers in all the world, one of the most powerful Bible characters, and when we encounter him here, we're going to see him just living this mundane life. But watch what happens. Verse 1, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian. And he led the flock to the far side of the wilderness and came to Horeb. 
So he's just in his daily routine. He's going to his nine to five. He's going to the workplace. Like Truman just went every day just selling insurance. Moses is just, this is his every day. Mundane. But watch what happens. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in flames of fire from within a bush. Moses saw that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. In our terms, what's happening here is that Moses is in his routine. He's in his daily thing. And the activity of God, this is God working in this burning bush. The activity of God begins to happen right around him. And Moses stops what he's doing long enough to go and investigate what God is doing. I heard a man say one time that the tragedy for our lives many times is that we don't ever take enough time to investigate the activity of God around us. We just go through. It would have been easy for Moses to look eh, and look away and keep, hey, I got a lot to do. Got a lot of things to do. No, no, no. Moses stopped and he began to investigate the activity of God because guys all true un getting unstuck happens when we earnestly seek and pursue and open ourselves up to what God is doing and wants to do in our life watch what it goes on to say so Moses thought I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw, God saw that he, Moses, had gone over to look. In other words, when God had Moses' attention. When God, the Lord, saw that Moses had gone over to look. Okay, God has, has his, my attention. Then what happens is as soon as God gets our attention many times, he speaks into our situation. Come on. This is the beautiful thing about the God that we serve is that God is faithful to want to speak to us and to speak into our lives and speak into our marriages and speak into our families and speak into our callings and speak into our context. This is what's happening with Moses. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses, and Moses said, here I am. You got my attention. If we know the story, God radically gets Moses unstuck. God begins to speak to him about his redemptive purpose, about what God was going to do in delivering millions of people from slavery in Egypt, that it was, it was the time for that. 
So in Moses' case, he had to move beyond routine and rut, but he also had to move beyond disappointment in his past. Come on, every single one of us at times are going to have to let go of the past, good and bad, to move into the new thing that God, we have a propensity in our lives to idolize the good things in our lives and hold on to them, right? And to elevate the bad things in our life. Moses had to move beyond this. He turned, he discerned, and he acted. He turned, he discerned, he acted. It changed everything in his life. It changed his future. It changed uh, his relationship with God. He moved beyond that. Now, let's look at Jacob. Because Jacob finds himself in a very similar situation as well. In Genesis 31, let's read it. Starting in verse 1. Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob has taken everything our father owned and has gained all this wealth from what belonged to our father. And Jacob noticed that Laban's attitude toward him was not what it had been. Underline that word, Jacob noticed. Because see guys, many times in life, we can, yes, get stuck in routine, yes, get stuck in rut, but many times in life, what can happen is we can get stuck in circumstances and we can get stuck in what is inevitably defined in the Bible as an old season. As an old season. Because, see, God's the God of, of the new. He's, he wants many times to take us from glory, glory to glory. He wants to take us into new things. He wants to take us into um, new seasons, new adventures, new things. So Laban here and Jacob, Jacob, if you know his story, Jacob, you have Abraham and he has Isaac and Isaac has two sons, Jacob, right, and Esau. And Jacob deceived his brother, stole the birthright, so much so that his brother wanted to kill him. Jacob flees from his family. Jacob goes to live with Laban. Jacob gets married. He's got Rachel that he's married. He's got Leah that he's married to. He's in this place, and it's not his ultimate destiny. And he's in this place, but he's just... He's doing what he knows to do. He's going through the routine. He's going through this. This is where we find him in Genesis 31. 
Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saved. So he begins to perceive that something is changing around him. Because, see, what happens is, if God doesn't ever begin to bring many times pressures in our life, our natural default mode is always to go to comfort. It, it is. When things are comfortable and good, we never want to change. We never do. And God knows this. Anytime, hey, when things are great, I got a great job, I got a great salary, uh, my kids are all doing good, everything's good, what happens is I move towards where all of a sudden I don't seek God anymore. It's all of a sudden just like, oh man, man, man upstairs, thank you, you bless. When all of a sudden challenges and difficulty begin to come, it, it puts us, it turns us back to him. And this is, this is where Jacob finds himself. He's not in the place that God wants him to be, but he's comfortable. And what happens is that he begins to see that the favor that he had in Laban's house, even though he was on the run, even though he was a fugitive, even though it wasn't God's ultimate place for him, he begins to see Right? Wait a minute. I did have favor here, but something is changing in the environment around me. Come on, you might face that at work. You had favor for a season, and all of a sudden, you sense this favor lifting. All of a sudden, the boss isn't as favorable towards you. Because what it is, is God's trying to get your attention. Because he wants to speak to you because he has something new for you. That's what is happening. April and I, when we were in Indianapolis, we were in a great situation. Wonderful church. Church was growing. Wonderful uh, financial picture. All this stuff. Kids good. Christian school. April was teaching dance, doing fitness minute. All this stuff. And all of a sudden... What we call is God begins to cut the tethers. And all of a sudden, if like if we were a boat in the shipyard, the boat is never supposed to stay in the shipyard. It was created for adventure. It was created for the seas. But we were in the shipyard, shined up, looking great, and all of a sudden, Tethered in, all of a sudden, somebody cut a tether. And we're like, huh. Well, that's interesting. All of a sudden, somebody cut another tether. Huh. All of a sudden, somebody cut another tether. The church came and said, hey, we don't want to do the dance ministry anymore. Did I do anything wrong? No. Just go in a different direction. Huh. And all of a sudden, after the fourth tether got cut, I said, God? Hmm. Are you trying to get my attention? 
saying, Dave, your season here is up. I've called you to Austin to church plant again. I know God, but it's comfortable here. It's really comfortable. I know, but you can't stay. You can't stay. God, many times, begins to do, and if we misinterpret it, come on, we can misinterpret what's going on around us in our lives and miss because the, the biggest and most important point is every story of transformation and unstuck and change in the Bible starts this same way and all of a sudden every single person does this. Okay, God. What are you saying? What are you doing? Let's watch how the story plays out. So Jacob was stuck in a season that was ending. Jacob heard that Laban's sons were saying, Jacob is taking everything our father owned and has gained all this wealth that belonged to Jacob noticed things were changing, tethers getting cut, that Laban's attitude toward him was not what it had been. Then the Lord said to Jacob, after Jacob noticed, okay, something's happening here. Then the Lord said to Jacob, go back to the land of your fathers and to your relatives and I will be with you. Jacob, this season is ending. There's new things for you. There's new adventure. You can't stay here. Truman, at the very end, and we'll see this clip at the very end of the movie, he's got this opportunity. Christoph speaks to him and says, Truman, the world out there, the unknown, the thing that you've not known, is no different than in here. You're going to face the same lies and the same challenges and all that. But yet in here, you're going to be protected, Truman. Stay here, Truman. Stay in this old season, Truman. Stay here. That's predictable, right? And all this. But his heart was yearning for something more. And he's there and he's got his back and there's the open door there on the wall. And Truman turns around and watch this clip. In case I don't see you, <coughs> good afternoon, good evening, and good night. <laughs> yeah.
You want another slice? No, I'm okay. What else is on? Yeah, let's see what else. Where's the TV guy? <laughs> Truman got unstuck. He got unstuck. Laban, Jacob. Jacob gets unstuck. Watch what happens. As the story goes on in Genesis 31, he notices God speaks to him. You can't stay here. Come on, God speaks to us all the time. He speaks to me all the time. When I turn to him, he says, Dave, you can't stay in that attitude. Dave, you can't stay in that mindset. Dave, you can't stay in pity. Dave, you can't stay in the pat. Dave, you can't stay in that sin pattern. Come on. I want to get you unstuck. Dave, you can't stay here geographically as much as you want to stay in Houston. You got to go. Every single time, earnestly turning, seeking, discerning what God is saying and doing, and taking steps of faith and obedience. For him to get in that boat and to go on that water with his fear of water and the storms that hit him and all this, to walk out that door into the unknown, bold steps of faith and obedience. Look at how it ends with Laban and Jacob. Verse 11 of Genesis 31 the angel of God said to me, talking, this is Jacob speaking, in the dream, Jacob, I answered, here I am. He turned. He turned. God, what do you want to say? I'm here. Speak to me, whatever it is. God, I want to know. Verse 12 and 13. For I have seen the angel speaking to him. All that Laban has been doing to you, I am the God of Bethel, where you anointed a pillar and where you made a vow to me. Now leave this land at once and go back to your native land. Turned, discerned. He discerned what God was uniquely saying to him in that season. Okay, God, I'm turning. I'm discerning, and then watch. Verse 17 and 18. Then Jacob put his children and his wives on camels, and he drove all his livestock ahead of him, along with all the goods he had accumulated in Padam Aram, to what? Go to his father Isaac in the land of Canaan. He turned, he discerned, he acted. Moses turned, discerned, acted. Any time you feel stuck in a rut, routine, regret, past disappointment, comfort and convenience, sin patterns, or old seasons, turn, discern, act. What is it that God is calling you to do at this juncture? 
What step of faith is he calling you? So I have the worship team come back up. They're going to lead us in one last song. Guys, this is a beautiful pattern. It's a beautiful, I've seen it in my own life. Turn to God in earnestness and then, okay, God, what are you saying? He's faithful. He speaks. But then we have to actually act. So I believe he, there's something that he's calling each of us to do. I was telling Willie this week, one of the hardest things I ever had to do was I was stuck in a rut for nine months. I, was, I had consternation. I didn't feel the grace of God in my life. And I finally one day on my kitchen table on McNeil Drive over near the domain, I literally got to a place of desperation. I felt like there was a, a ceiling over my head. Every time I prayed, it bounced off. I was contentious. I was frustrated all the time. I said, God, what, what do I need to do? He said, forgive your dad. And I literally, by myself at my kitchen table, said, Lord Jesus, I ask that you would give me the strength and ability to forgive. And right now I'm choosing to forgive. And I said, ah, hallelujah, that felt great. And he said, no, I want you to call him. And I said, but God, I wasn't wrong. Hardest phone call I've ever had to make. I literally, my hand was like this. I hadn't talked to my dad in nine months. We had had this. And I called and I said, Dad, I, I want you to know that I love you and I forgive you. And he said, cool. And now we talk pretty much every day. Turn, discern, act. Turn, discern, act. Every time we act, we find new grace. We find new grace. So as you are here today, as we have this last song, maybe God's calling you to, to turn freshly to him. Say, God, what do you want to say to me? What are you doing? And then when he speaks, man, okay, God, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to take the steps of faith, whatever it is. I had to take those steps of faith with finances. I was in the NBA. I was like, God, I have a lot of money. I don't want to do this. Trust me. Okay, God, turn, discern, act. Fight with April. Go humble yourself and ask her to forgive you. I don't want to. Turn, discern, act. Let's pray. God, thank you so much. Thank you so much that, God, we don't have to stay stuck. You have fresh grace for us and fresh calling and fresh anointing and fresh vision and fresh adventures. Thank you for your word that's a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Thank you that you are ever faithful, that when we earnestly seek you, God, you, 
You come to us and you speak into our lives and circumstances and situations. And God, give us hearts here at Renovate to seek you and to listen to you. But God, then to, to, to obey you and follow you and do the things that you're asking us to do, whether it's humbling ourselves, God, or whatever it is, we ask it in the mighty name of Jesus. Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning. If you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus, we would love to be here to talk that through with you. The Bible says in 1 John 5, 12 that whoever has the Son has life. And we really believe that here at Renovate. So again, if you want to start a relationship with Jesus, if you're just interested in learning more about the faith, you have questions, we'd love to hear from you as well. Or if you want to grow as a follower of Jesus or get more involved in what we're doing, we'd love to hear from you. So just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com. Again, we're so glad you were able to join us. We hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon.